Greetings, I am Dr. Sonia Whitaker, host of the podcast show entitled, What's Really Going On? A spotlight on solutions to improving student achievement in America's public schools. The purpose of this show is not to admire problems, it's to focus on comprehensive plans of actions that can be implemented for the purpose of ensuring that all students, and more specifically, students of color and students experiencing the impact of poverty, experience success in school, and ultimately, in life. You may access my podcast show by tuning into Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. You may also access the show by visiting my website at sonyawhitaker.com. The Silent Killer, What We Already Knew During these times, out of an abundance of caution, we must maintain social distancing. In order to maintain our sanity, we must connect to a higher being in a way that lifts our spirits. We must exercise so that we may remain energized and so that we can continue to take care of ourselves and those that we love. And we must remain connected. And speaking of remaining connected, I'm grateful to have been connected to social media during this time. I've read posts on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thousands of them. And I have appreciated most, if not all of them. There are two, however, that have best helped me come to grips with what I'm feeling as a direct result of what is occurring. And I am now better able to begin the process of one, verbally articulating, and two, conceptualizing my thinking. The ultimate outcome of this experience is promising, I'm sure, and yet it's not completely known at the moment. <laughs> A good friend once said to me, Sonia, sometimes you got to wait on it. So I'm good with that. With that being said, however, the two posts that I am referring to are one that reads, Let's feed our students and flatten the curve. And two, if we come out of this the same, we have failed. Now, I'm going to be vulnerable and share with you that while on my equity journey, which spans, expands over 15 years, I have come to learn that when you advocate on behalf of the most vulnerable people, You run the risk, especially during times like these, of people suggesting that that should not be your focus. In a lot of ways, I felt like Bill Gates standing on stage during his TED Talk in 2015. To get a better appreciation of what I'm referring to, please go to YouTube and watch the TED Talk episode entitled, The Next Outbreak. We're not ready. During this short presentation, he shares with us his concern that five years ago, our country was not ready to address a pandemic outbreak. I can't help but to wonder what, if anything, happened as a direct result of what he and others have shared. Now, this is the part where I offer a very important disclaimer. I am not a medical doctor. I am doctor of education which holds very significant importance. I do not know entirely the background of Mr. Bill Gates, nor have I ever worked with him. However, 
I remain staunch in my position that as professionals, regardless of our line of work, we have a fundamental obligation to act on what we know and not ignore warning signs. Which brings me to the ultimate focus of this podcast, and that is to encourage my peers to recognize that this too shall pass. We will do our part to abide by the law and all medical recommendations, and we will come out of this better. However, in alignment with my unapologetic and relentless focus on ensuring that all students have equitable access to a quality education, I would like to go on record as stating that low literacy is also a silent killer and in my estimation warrants a higher level of national attention than it has ever been given. And I want it to occur during my lifetime. What I am saying is that when our country successfully addresses this very serious and critical issue, and we will, I have all the faith in the world that we will, I do not want the lights to go down. I do not want national and state leaders to come off of the stage. And I do not want the media to forget about the poor. As I have shared at no other time in my career has inequity related issues such as the digital divide been more apparent to me as it has become over the last two weeks. What I do want is there to be the same level of attention focused on the silent killer of the hopes, the dreams, and aspirations of people who live in poor communities regardless of their ethnic backgrounds. I can think of one other time in particular in which this topic was as important as it is today. And that is in 1954, 65 years ago, when the U.S. Supreme Court justices ruled unanimously that segregation in America's schools as being unconstitutional. Now let's fast forward ahead. Last year marked the 65th anniversary of Brown versus Board of Education. And as a result, educators and researchers and scholars from all over the country came together and engaged in conversation centered around one question. And you want to know what the question was? The question was, how far have we come? More specifically, a comprehensive research report entitled Harming Our Common Future, America's Segregated Schools 65 Years After Brown versus Board of Education was published and released by the Civil Rights Project and the Center for Education and Civil Rights. This report cites the following findings. Black students attend schools with a combined black and Latino enrollment averaging 67%. Latino students attend schools with a combined black and Latino enrollment averaging 66%. And white and Asian students? They have much lower exposure to combined black and Latino students at 22% and 34% respectively. This means that on March 20, 2020, breaking news, it is important for all of us to recognize that America's schools have resegregated. So for my equity-minded peers, whom I have such a great deal of respect for and whom I'm actually growing with, I want to pose the question, 
Is it really possible to achieve equity within segregated systems? It is important to recognize that that is exactly what we are attempting to accomplish as we continue to move our efforts forward today. The factors that I have identified which contribute to homelessness, joblessness, and the mass incarceration of black and brown people are all factors that either contribute to or are the direct result of low literacy in America today. In my estimation, the silent killer, low literacy in America, was a national crisis over 65 years ago, and it is today on our watch. And while we are in key and critical positions, I believe that we now have the power the resources, the connections, and the intellect to change the trajectory of America as it relates to this topic. The silent killer, what we already knew, and what we know about the impact of low literacy in America. So let's not get off the stage. Let's not dim the lights. And let's work hand in hand with various media outlets for the purpose of ensuring that three Five, 10, 20, and 65 years from now, we can actually say that with all power invested in us, we have come out of this better than ever. In closing, I'd like to thank my superintendent colleague who reached out to me today. You always seem to reach out to me in some of the most important times in my career and intellectual development processes. My exchange with you, and at least one over the other person over the last several days gave me the courage to launch this podcast in particular. Peers, friends, colleagues, please keep people around you during this time and forever that push you and encourage you to be the best version of yourselves. We will all be better because of it, and our students and the communities in which they reside will be the beneficiaries of our intellectual efforts.